So we're going to read from The Gift by Hafiz. It's called The Loot Will Beg. You need to become a pen in the sun's hand. We need for the earth to sing through our pores and eyes. The body will again become restless until your soul paints all its beauty upon the sky. Don't tell me, dear ones, that what Hafiz says is not true, for when the heart tastes its glorious destiny and you awake to your constant need for your love, God's loot will beg you for your hands. Show me the loot. <laughs> so, I'm going to just go into, I'm looking to see how to begin this. One of the things I'd like to cover today is really this unfolding action of experience of spirit. And I say experience of spirit, and in that I mean on every level, because we are the spirit that is experiencing on every realm of creation, right from the heart of God down into the very physical body. So it really is a journey of experience, of just allowing life to unfold, whatever it is that takes place, mentally, emotionally, imagina imaginationally, physically, unconsciously, solically, spiritually, whatever you want to call it, it's all of that. It's just allowing it to unfold and realize that life encompasses all things. If it exists, life has created it and life experiences that which it has created. So, if you want your journey of life to be easier, allow yourself to experience. It's when we resist the experience or hold back or try to make something else happen because we don't like what is going on that we create that sense of separation or that illusion of separation where we really do experience some type of disconnection. Be aware that we are the ones creating that disconnection in ourselves by our actions of what we do inside of ourselves. If you hear what I'm saying, you're going to begin to realize you have the authority and the power to make choices to either create more separation or to create greater union within yourself, within your own soul, within spirit, and that connection with all of life. So be aware that exists within you to make those decisions. And I don't care what happens in life, no matter how horrible or how good it ever gets. It is still up to us, inside of ourselves, with what we do, that creates and allows and opens and receives and gives in that greater participation of living, of loving, no matter what life deals us. Yeah, it's easy to shut down when we've been hurt or somebody has purposefully suppressed us or confused us or lashed out at us to hurt us. 
It's easy to go into separation. That's part of the animal nature of this physical consciousness. Fight or flight, it's reaction. It's what goes on in this world. It's how this world continues to exist. Without it, it would just dissolve because there would be no polarity of the negative and positive that creates this illusion, this frequency of reflection. So that leads me to another area I wanted to touch into. This reflection, or sometimes we could call it images. Have you ever heard of that phrase, graven images, not to worship images? What is that really about? Think about it. Often it refers to images of God, not to worship images of God. Worship the one and only God, right? Because over the eons of time, how many different gods have been created that we've worshipped at one time or another? What is this about? Well, I'm going to go beyond just the field of religion or God-worshipping as far as images. But anything that we see is an image that has been brought into manifestation. It's a reflection. We see it. It's an image. The imagination. Image in. Imagine. These are images. They are the manifestations or reflections of the movement of spirit. They're not necessarily the truth of spirit itself. They're the creation or expression. So I'm moving slow here because I want some of this to sink in. Because I know all of us, including myself, whether it's most of the time or at some time on this pathway of meditation that we practice here, often we'll follow after the images and sometimes lose sight or lose track of that greater truth of spirit that is beyond the image, beyond the visual. That's where often we will mislead ourselves, or we could say be misled by others, but of course, out of our own choosing. But there's a little dichotomy here, because we'll often chase after the images, thinking that's God, or that as we move and have the experience with whatever that image is, we're going to wake up and know our greater oneness. And there can be some truth in that, depending on the image. But there's a dichotomy here. Because even the images that God itself would use to direct us into the greater beingness, even those images one day have to be let go of so that we can move into the true beingness where there are no images that is beyond the experience So be aware of that in a practical way. 
Use it while it's working. Let it go when it's done serving you. But how do we know what's serving me or not, Brian? How do I know if I'm following a false image or a true image? That's the journey. And here's where, as I was saying earlier, to make this journey easier, it's important to realize anything that exists is part of the experience. And when we go into the resistance of the experience, we create the separation, we give it power so it continues to exist. But when we let go of the resistance and the struggle and just accept what is, is when now all of a sudden that image, because we have accepted it as part of creation and loving, as we move into acceptance, it opens the door for the greater oneness of loving to take place. We awaken to the greater truth in that image that was teaching us something about ourselves will disappear, dissolve, because it was just a reflection. But yet it was teaching us something. We were following after that because there was an experience of learning for our soul to have in following after. And when that day comes, when we now just love and accept it and let it go, is when the learning's done. The image will dissolve. And then we'll continue now to awaken more fully into the greater experience of the divine. So be careful in chasing after images or things of the world or metaphysical or psychic because these are the things where we do get lost. And again, I'm going back and forth here today because this is what goes on. I'm trying to acknowledge it. Is that by not chasing after is how we stay centered and allow it to unfold. By chasing after is where we can become distracted and get caught up in yet greater experience that may not be so pleasant or divine. So towards the end of the meditation today, when I brought everybody back and said, now just observe, pay attention, just observe your inner experience, Nothing to do with it, nothing to make happen, nothing to create. Just observe and allow yourself to have whatever awareness or experience is right there, but doing nothing with it. That state of observation is that neutral place of unconditional loving. That as we come to that place, all these images, all these psychic, metaphysical, doesn't even matter whatever level it's from, whatever the experience, as it comes into that field of observation, it is coming into that experience of loving. The soul of who we are is we allow ourselves to awaken to that and that life as it presents these images and experiences, as it comes in, it's like it becomes one with the soul 
the experience is absorbed, the image is dissolved, the lessons learned. So there's no need to go chasing after anything, no need to try to create anything, but just be. Be in that observation, that neutral place of loving, and accept whatever is present, even if it's uncomfortable, or even if you get all excited and want to get up and do something. Just let it be. And believe me, the experiences you really don't want to have, if you are patient enough and allow it just to be in that state of neutrality and as, as you observe it, eventually it loses its power and that's how it drops away because you are no longer feeding it to give it life. And when we stop feeding it, well, what are we doing to stop feeding it? Okay, I'm not going to pay attention to you. That's what a lot of us will do. I'm not going to pay attention to you because I heard them say, if I give you attention, I'm giving you life, and I don't want to do that. So we go into resistance. It doesn't work that way. That's why we just have to let go, relax, and just observe. Don't be afraid to confront anything that comes present. Just observe it. Because it's in that state of observation that it is not able to get us. Isn't that what usually goes on? We have a fear like, oh my God, it's going to get me. Or I got to get it before it gets me. You know, the boogeyman, the monsters, the scary things. Again, that's the fight or flight. If we can just observe, it will try to get us involved. And notice I'm saying it. I'm not referring to anything. I'm making a general because this can be thoughts, fantasies, imagination, feelings of the emotions, disturbances in the body. It can be many different things that go on. That's for you to fill in the blank with whatever it is that gets a hold of you and that you go into reaction with or resistance. Just be aware of it. Just observe it. Just accept it. And then the loving that you are dissolves it. And here's the other nice thing. Because a lot of us, I know, may go into meditation or a form of prayer, asking for guidance, asking to have answers for questions, or asking for physical things, whatever it may be. And that's just fine. But if we keep hanging on to that, is where we create again this sense of resistance or tension that doesn't allow that greater freedom or fullness of spirit. Because that tension we've created inside of ourselves, in a sense, causes a block that separates us from that greater knowing. So as we go into meditation, we want to give all those up. Give up all the questions. Give up all the doubts. Give up all the fears. Give it all up. Don't seek any answer to anything. Just be present 
in loving God. And love God, well, I don't know about this God out there. How can I love God when I don't know what God is? That's why we focus at the seed of the soul. We, the soul, are that God at this level. And so all we have to do is go to where God is, right here, right here. So we focus on the God that we are, and then in that action, the greater awakening to that God that is in all things, eventually does come into our experience. We come to know that action as well. It's a long pathway, really. But at the same time, there's no path, there's no distance, there's no time, there's no journey. Because as we really go into the God that we are right here, it's where it all is. But it is through the actions we take inside of ourselves that either draws closer into that awakening of that knowing or creates more separations and more walls that stand between us and that full realization. I'm going to give you a little example of an experience I just had a few weeks ago of this whole thing of worshiping images to give you an idea of how this can look, even in our own imaginations or in even other realms of creation. A few weeks ago in meditation, I rose up in spirit and I found myself in this beautiful place. It was like white stone, something you would see back from maybe ancient Roman Greco times or something, a nice temple, all white stone, just beautiful. And it's like the stones were almost radiant. And high up on this wall was this big circular sculpture that looked like the face of God. And as I came into this temple, I saw this on this wall. And as soon as I saw that, I knelt down and began to pray, to began to worship that which I saw on the wall, that image of God. And at first, I thought, oh my gosh, it is God. And by worshiping and loving that image on the wall, it's going to assist me into coming to know God and move into the experience of God. So it's very interesting. By this outer experience, it triggered this inner thing inside of me where I just went right down and bowing down. But as soon as I went inside, so first I was looking outside, but as soon as I bowed down and bowed my head and went inside, what do we do in meditation? Yeah, this wasn't in the physical body, but this meditation action is the same no matter what level of creation we find ourselves. All we have to do is focus in and up to the seat of the soul because it's in the same place in every realm of creation. So I turned 
I bowed, I shut my eyes, I went inside to the God within. And as soon as I did, I became aware of this love for God that is inside of me. But as soon as I went into that loving for God inside of me, in that came the awareness of what was going on outside of me that I realized, oh my gosh, this image that I'm seeing on the wall is not God or even a manifestation of God. And all of a sudden I realized, "Uh uh-oh. You ever have a fear come up? Like a something evil or a demon or something really negative, a monster is going to get you? Well, that's what came up. That fear all of a sudden stirred. Only a little bit. I've seen enough of these things that I don't go into too much reaction anymore. So that little fear stirred inside. Going, uh-oh, this is some kind of monster. This isn't God. So I kind of looked up. And all of a sudden, I saw this thing coming out of that image. You guys ever see that alien movie? It's kind of like that, this mouth that was horrible started coming out of this thing, and I knew, uh uh-oh, it's going to devour me. And that's exactly what the negative power does. It devours. But in that devouring is how it creates fear. And that fear is that which keeps the soul caught up in this creation. So I knew the game, thank God, at this point. So even though I felt a little fear stirring me, I knew if I went into reaction and bought into that fear, it's got me. At least for the moment. Because I know nothing's permanent. So sure enough, this thing came out and it started coming at me. I just bowed my head and went right back into that God place of loving God and loving God and all things. And that fear, isn't it funny how fear usually comes up from here inside of us? Because this is where more of the animal nature is, where the fear resides, the fight or flight. Because the first thing is, quick, run, get out of here, or what can I do to kill it before it kills me? But instead, I just went in to loving God, holding that focus at the seat of the soul and just loving God. And I felt that fear. And this was happening simultaneously. This thing was coming out, and this fear inside of me was rising up. The inner and the outer. As the fear rose up, it's because I was loving God. There's nothing attached to the fear, so the fear rose up, lifted out of me, just dissolved. And at the same time I was lifting out, that monster thing came out and actually came over my body to devour me. But as soon as it covered me and that fear left, poof, they were both gone at the same time. Just dissolved. Dispersed. It sure seemed real before that moment they were gone. Where did it go? Was it even real to begin with? Or are these reflections or these illusions seemingly so real to us because of the power we give them by living the fears and the energies of the illusion that it gives it life, that appears real, 
But as soon as we let go of that seed of buying into and believing the illusion, as soon as we let it go, then the illusion just dissolves because it was never real to begin with. Another victory. But what's the victory? Well, one, it's another awakening to realize that was an illusion and that was a fear inside of me that helped, in a sense, to stir and create it. But by, letting, by loving God and letting go, remember, let go, let God, and I like to say, let God let go. There is an example. I was loving God, letting God, and then letting go. Automatically, the fear just rises up, dissolves into the loving. So I'm giving you an image from an actual experience. And these things do go on on other levels. But also, these can also be symbolic. I may have seen it as an inner experience. But what was that on another level? Was that a thought? And then the fear was an emotion coming up? That's what a lot of these things are. These images often our thoughts or feelings inside of ourselves. I'm going to say it again. How many times do we hear Jim say, being responsible for all of our thoughts and feelings, actions and reactions. So here's a thought and a feeling. Taking responsibility to me is holding on loving and acceptance. And forgiveness to me is the letting go of the reaction. So that's my action of loving and acceptance to let go of the reaction. Thoughts, feelings, actions, and reactions. And this is how this really works. So even as we just sit here in meditation, maybe we don't even have any of these fantastic experiences in other realms, but while we're sitting here, don't we have our own fears that come up inside of us? Our own thoughts that go on? Those are the same thing. You're just experiencing them right here. It's the same thing. So all we need to do is the very same thing of holding our loving on God and simply allowing the fears, the disturbances, the illusions to rise up. And automatically they will rise up and just disperse because we do not go into reaction and fight or flight with whatever that is rising within us. Most of the time we'll get a disturbance, we'll lock it down because it's uncomfortable, I don't want to talk about it, I don't want to feel it, let me stuff my face with ice cream, <laughs> bury that emotion down. Sure, maybe temporarily we can satiate whatever that is, but it's still there until that day that we decide to move into a place of neutral observation and just loving God. Because I was focused on loving God and at the same time observing. Because guess what? When you focus on God, that's awareness. Your awareness will expand. Observation. Awareness. And then in it, it just all unfolds. I did not have to do a thing other than just hold my focus on loving God. 
But even if my focus dropped down into the fear instead of holding it there, guess what? Would have got me. Even if it gets you, because I've been gotten before, it's not the end. It's just called, okay, I'm in the learning experience. I'm in the lesson. It's unfolding now. So it's not bad if you've been gotten by one of these things. If you fight it or you run from it or it gets you. It just means we're walking through the experience and the lesson is unfolding. It's not evil. This terrible demonic thing's got me. Oh my God, Satan's got me in purgatory forever now. Uh Uh-uh. That's the illusion, though. And that illusion would love us to believe that because the longer we'll believe that, the longer it keeps us entrapped here. And we give it power by believing it, by reacting to it. That's what gives it life. That's why it keeps on going. If we all stop believing, if we all stop giving it power by participating in the fears, the reactions, it would all just drop away, just like this experience I was sharing. And it has before, and it will again one day. But the way that that happens is by each soul individually walking this journey for itself. And as each soul does that, one by one, each soul returns out of this land of illusion and back into the truth of spirit. It's a heck of a journey. And there's a lot of back and forth. And I hope I'm making sense today in covering some of this and why it's so important not bother with the reactions, thinking this is the right thing to do, walking the spiritual pathway, and don't do this if you're walking the spiritual pathway. It won't work that way. Anytime we make this right or wrong, we've created separation. Go and do acceptance with it all and simply hold your focus on loving God. And then in that process, everything just unfolds. We just don't like how long it takes to unfold. That's the problem, is how long it takes. We're all attention deficit disorder, I guess I would say, ADD. Because we're not able to hold our focus long enough on just loving God for all this just to pass. We'll hold our focus for a minute, even in meditation, even those of us that maybe do a couple hours. How long in those couple hours Do we really 100% focus on loving God? It'd be interesting to really figure that one out sometime. I know for me, I don't even know if I could make a good guess. In two hours, I'm doing good maybe if I get a full 30 minutes in there. I'm just throwing out a ballpark, but I don't know. That's why we recommend 10% of the day, two and a half hours. Because in two and a half hours, maybe you'll get half an hour of of true loving devotion in there. And all that other two hours, God already knew the way this works. That's why two and a half hours. So that all that other two hours gives us the time to go through all that other process to finally really get into 
that action of true meditation, which is devotion, true loving, true worship, true praise, all of that is truly just loving God. That's it. Just loving. That is it. There's nothing to do, nothing to chase after, nothing to make happen. It is just in the loving that it all happens. Even our physical days. We get up and do the day. Even that is an action of this unfolding. Think about it. Haven't you all in here had major changes in your life? Whether it's moving to a new house, a new state, a new country, having new friends, losing friends, getting married, getting divorced, having kids, not having kids. Changes. Okay, it was happening now, but why did it change and now it's different? It just all unfolds, seemingly beyond our control, truly beyond the ego self's control, but really all unfolding according to the divine. And so, in this journey, in this path, the sun and light, is one of awakening to know the greater truth of that journey, not the journey in the world. That's handled. You can't avoid that. You're here. In ILM, in this path to sun and light, we're not here to do that journey. We're not here teaching about the world. We're here to teach about the inner journey of spirit. And the more you live that, the more you'll see even your physical journey unfold in accordance to that inner opening and action of loving that you allow within yourself. And as you participate in that, to even see the physical changes it brings about in your life. But that's a filtering down. As you open to the loving, it moves through the mind. It creates change in there. You open. It comes into the emotion. It creates healing, openness, calm. Union, alignment into the imagination, and then the movement into the physical. So even the physical life changes because we've allowed that greater action of the unfolding of spirit. But it's going on even unconsciously. That's why I mentioned we've all had changes, even when we weren't meditating, even when we were meditating. But the wonderful thing is, as we participate in loving, then the changes that occur are more often the changes of completing the journey in this world, of completing life's lessons physically, so that the soul gets free of all these attachments, so that it can truly now live and experience that greater journey in the spirit. So that's the journey we're doing here. Let go of everything else. Let go of trying to figure it out. Let go of chasing after the psychic and metaphysical. Let go of chasing after even the images on this path of sound and light. Let go of any images, or reflections, or pictures and just focus on the loving. And then God will bring in that loving whatever will serve you 
in leading you home. And if that's a certain image, like of the spiritual teacher, or the purple light, or blue light, or gold light, or white light, you'll know. Because that's God's loving. Not just giving you an image to follow, but truly that living presence that is infused in that, so that we follow that and it brings us home. But even the image we speak of the spiritual teacher, we'll see in the spirit. But that day that we awaken into the soul realm, that image of the teacher's job is even done because there is where we, the soul, truly begin to unite in that fullness with God directly. And at that point, there's no more need for that form that may look like the physical teacher. Because now it's God directly. And now it is God bringing the soul into the fullness and that oneness of light and sound where there are no images. It is truly the experience of the beingness that is spirit, that is God, that is loving. So be aware of how this works. If you have any question, doubt, confusion, fear, remember this talk today. All you have to do is keep focusing on loving God and all the stuff just lifts and moves. And it's time. When we try to move it, when we try to make it happen, we can actually get in the way, slow it down, stop the action. And when we let it go is when it finally moves again. So be aware of how that works. No more resisting. Just allow it to unfold and just keep focusing on loving God and it will just move you right along. You'll move right along with it. Whether it's one year or the rest of your life, however long that is. When a day comes, when you have fulfilled, you're done with all the reflection, then there's the final letting go until we really return in that fullness once again.